Now, time to talk travel with Sally Lucas joining us and a few Christmassy ideas today. Some Christmassy ideas and, Jane, a few new things for next year as well as we like to let people know when something new is happening. It's always good to know so you can plan for it. And Air New Zealand, firstly, just to let you know, is now going to fly direct from Auckland to Buenos Aires in Argentina. So that's great because once we lost Aerolineas Argentinas, we haven't had a service. So for us, it's just like Sydney, Auckland and then, you know, Auckland. And Buenos Aires, so it'll be a good connection. Now, still a way off, but it's not going to start till December, and tickets will be going on sale in March next year, pending regulatory approval. But I'm sure everything will be fine, and it's on their new 777 aircraft, and it will operate three times a week. So that's really great, and they're going to enter into a code share agreement with Aerolineas for flights within um, South America as well, so it'll give you those ongoing connections as well. So that's really So is good. that the only way we can fly into, uh, into Buenos Aires? Well, it's the only way we can fly direct, uh, more directly, I more should direct. say. It's not directly, more directly. Otherwise, we go into Santiago mm-hmm. um, in Chile, and then we have to change and do it that way. So that's the other alternative, of course. There are only, well, one at the moment, but there will be two again in due course, which is good. The other thing Qantas is doing now, and we've all been advised as travel agents about this because it's really quite important, they're going to debut a new automatic check-in services, allowing passengers to check-in, select a seat and receive a boarding pass via SMS. And um, they're rolling it out on just a few networks domestically to start with um, because they say they want to improve everything. You know, it's like at airports, the queues sometimes, it can be quite horrific. So all the travel agents have to do, we've got to help utilise the system for them by making sure we put in people's mobile numbers and everything into their bookings um, and their email addresses and so on. And then on the day of travel or the night before, they'll get an SMS or an email asking if they're still planning to fly. And on confirmation, they'll receive a boarding pass on their phone, which can be scanned at the bag drop at the airport. That's impressive. It is impressive, isn't it? Now, initially, this is just going to start on flights from Sydney to Darwin, Adelaide and Perth. Um, and, you know, you can still check in via the normal Qantas app as well for the time being. But I think this will be a great thing, actually, to help checking in procedures go a lot more smoothly. Yeah. So that's something good that's happening. Um, with rail, we're moving on to transport all here today, but uh, there's a new direct train service from Rome Airport to Venice and return. So that is fantastic. So you don't have to go into town and then change and get on your train again and so on. So, you know, that's, that's fantastic as well. And then you can just connect, of course, through to um, Florence or Bologna from there also. Herty Gruten, another bit of transport, shipping this time. So we've got the third form of transport. What they're doing next year, um, Jane, Svalbard in springtime, as they say, is a land of contradictions, incredible beauty and unique experiences. Of course, it is remote, but from 2016, it's going to become more accessible because they're going to be the only company offering spring expedition cruises as far as 80 degrees north. Wow, there should be quite a lot of ice and snow. Well, that's what they're saying. Um, So they're saying, for example, while flowers are starting to blossom on the European mainland in Spitzbergen, and the polar winter still reigns. Uh, sea ice is dominant in the fjords, and uh, wherever passengers make landfall, they're going to encounter snow and ice, as well as hopefully seeing polar bears with their young 
club, cubs at that time of the year or seals giving birth to their young. So, yes, uh, and the first day of the midnight sun is the 20th of April. So these are going to be departing 25 April and 4 May. And they're calling it the Polar Pioneers of Svalbard. Um, and it's going to be new 10-day itineraries, of course, starting from Tromso and exploring the remote islands. And I'll probably get this pronunciation incorrect, Jane. Bionnoia. Bionnoia, Spitsbergen and the North Cape, which is the northernmost point of mainland Europe, before heading back to Tromsø, a sailing distance of 1,600 miles. So there you go. Spitsbergen is, is that's all that little island off the, the northern coast yes, of Norway. Yes, of Norway. It's part of Norway. Part, yes. Uh, yeah, so it's just making it a bit closer, yeah, I suppose. It's easier to get to. Aren't we getting something new and different happening all Isn't the time? Good. All new things for us to do, which I think is fantastic. Excellent. And this other new thing is using your feet. <laughs> right, our other form of transport. <laughs> our other form of transport. Uh, active travel have come up with an itinerary of walking the pilgrim trails of Japan with a qualified, you know, apparently walker, if you want to call him that, I suppose, guide walker. Um, and it's apparently recognised by UNESCO as one of just two World Heritage Walks. Um, the Sacred Sites and Pilgrimage Moods, it's in the KII, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce that, Kai or Ki um, mountain range, and apparently it's been preserved and maintained for generations, connecting sacred sites of mountain worship. So this is going to be happening as well, and you'll be going to some of Japan's oldest and largest temples and other national uh, treasures in Nara Park, and of course it's going to be going at a time of the year in the autumn where you're going to see those wonderful autumn leaves, which will be just stunning. Um, and then you're going to go over about 15 to 20 kilometres a day, they're saying you'll probably do. And you'll also end at a Grand Shine, which is the highest waterfall in Japan as well. And it's one of the main fishing ports of Japan, and it's, I'll probably get this wrong as well, Nachikatsura. So um, that's, yeah, we haven't walked around Japan much, no. have we? No, this is, this, is, so this, is yeah, this is good. And this is going to be in September next year, the um, 26th of September. They're just doing a one-off on this. Um, and I think it would be quite an interesting trip to do if you've, anyone's wanting to do walking, but has maybe done Europe, done New Zealand or whatever, like you, Jane. <laughs> And that's a 13-day itinerary, so just keep your eye out for that one, just something really different. To NURFM, it is Talking Travel, and Sally Lucas with me, Jane Klein. We do it for our sponsor, Travel on King. And Sally, more exciting things. More exciting things. Just carrying on with that walking theme, Jane, I thought I'd mention some of the others you can do in Europe. You've got the Dordogne Gastronomic Walk, and how delightful would that be, through lovely places like Salat and... Oh, just wonderful food. Um, you've got the Amalfi Coast, again, a beautiful area to walk. Most of these are around about a week, to give you an idea. Walking, of course, the Camino de Santiago, which is across the top of Spain. That's a longer one. That's an 11-day walk. Um, you've got a classic Swiss Alps walk. I mean, how beautiful would that be? Eh? Eight, yeah, it's eight pretty days. good up there, isn't it? Oh, wonderful. Um, delights of the Dalmatian Coast, so that's fantastic, starting in Dubrovnik, which is, you know, which is just wonderful coastline scenery. Then you've got lovely cycling options as well, the Loire Valley of France with all those wonderful chateaus. Um, aspects of Assisi. So doing all through that, through that Spoleto area, Macellano and, um, of course, Spello and Assisi. So that's another nice one. 
contrasts of Catalonia, which is a region of Spain, sort of just north around Barcelona, that area. That's another lovely area. And Lake Constance, uh, which that's interesting, I thought, because it's a wonderful lake, which is shared between three countries, Germany, Switzerland and Austria. So you're cycling all through three countries around the lake. Some good cycle paths around that part of the world. Yes. One of the girls' work has done a couple of lovely cycle trips as well. Coastal Croatia is another lovely one you can do, and so on. So there's a lot there to cover your sort of whims of cycling and walking holidays. Mm, Keep active. Absolutely. Now, I know we're all going to eat a lot and do all sorts of things in the next few days, and we will need to walk or cycle to get rid of all that. But I thought we'd just talk a little bit about... Not all the traditions we can't cover it. There are countless legends and traditions about Santa Claus and Christmas. But St. Nicholas was a real person. And he was born, according to legend, in the city of Patara, which was an ancient city on the southwest coast of Turkey. And he travelled, so it's quite relevant. And he travelled to Palestine and Egypt when he was quite young. But he was later imprisoned during the persecutions of the Emperor Diocletian. But he was luckily released by a more humanitarian Emperor Constantine. And he attended the first council of Nicaea in 325. Um, in Greek, St. Nicholas is known as Hagios Nicolaos, uh, Bishop of Myra, which he was. So he was both a saint and a bishop. He uh, was probably the bishop before he, he was, was the, the saint. saint. <laughs> yes, a saint and a bishop, or whichever came first, of course, you'd say have to say the bishop. Um, but he died about 350 AD. But Today, I guess his character is well-known all over the world and he's called different things in different countries and celebrated not always the same way we do or on the same date. There are various celebrations throughout. Um, But his fame spread through the Middle Ages and thousands of churches became dedicated to him because he helped the poor and gave to the poor as well, which I think this is why the gift thing started because he he loved to donate to give things to the poorer people as much as he could. Um, But in the countries today, of course, um, as I said, the gift-giving still occurs in nearly all countries that that do believe in the the Santa Claus or the St Nicholas tradition. But the relics of St Nicholas are actually in the Basilica of St Nicola in Bari in Italy. And um, they were stolen from Myra in 1087 um, AD. And this is why sometimes he's also known as the St Nicholas of Bari. So very interesting, isn't it? Yes, in fact, you could do a whole travel tour uh, following yes, the footsteps elements of, of his life. St. Nicholas. Yes. So mm-hmm. I thought it was a little bit relevant, even though it's, it's Christmas. Oh. He did travel, and I thought that was all pretty good and anyway. Some rather nice parts, too. Yeah, so that, that's our little thing about Christmas. And we might finish up with some nice little Christmas sayings um, at, at the end today. And, uh, yeah, that should be interesting as well to see how we uh, pronounce all those, Jane, in all the different languages. Right. Well, um, Merry Christmas, of course, because it's almost time. We will, of course, have our hot deals coming up in just a moment. But uh, is that what we're doing at the moment? We're yeah, we can do it now. Go right? for it now, sir. Okay, so firstly we'll go French, Joyeux Noël. And cross the border into Germany, Fröhliche Weihnachten. And a little bit further south, Greek, Kala Christuena. And a little bit further north, mm. uh, Danish, Gleilich Jul. And down in nearer to us, Indonesian, Salamat Natal. Back into Europe and Italy, Buon Natale. Japanese, Merry Kurisumu, Kurisumasu, sorry. And a little bit closer to home, New Zealand Māori, Merry Kirime. Portuguese, Feliz Natal. Spanish, Feliz Navidad y Prospero Año Nuevo. 
and finish off with Turkish Mutlu Noel. I believe another year is over. Yes, our last program for the year, back after the Australia Day holiday. Yeah, 30th the 30th of January. Yeah. So can I just say, Jane, that it's been a pleasure doing the program with you this year and it's just always wonderful. We have such a great time doing it. And what I can just say out there to everyone who's been listening that I hope that this year that you might have cruised through spectacular waters and scenery, wandered amongst timeless monuments while soaking up the local history, opened the door to new cultural experiences or maybe had your breath taken away by unforgettable moments. But most of all, I hope you've had all your travel dreams come true. And I wish everyone a wonderful Christmas and a safe and happy New Year with hopefully lots of good things in store. And we look forward to talking more travel next year. Thank you, Jane. On 2 NURFM and we will do it for our sponsor, Travel on King. Talking travel.